All right. I'm now joined by Mr. Conan Neutron. Conan, you want to tell the nice people who you are? Sure. Thanks, Ben. So I'm Conan Neutron. I am a musician. I am a podcaster. And I'm American. And uh, I'm proud to be here on uh, Ben Burgess's call-in show. Uh, this is this is great. This is this is a new technology. I think new technology that sort of like democratizes things is never going to be bad. So I'm very very excited for this and to uh, talk a little bit about music and politics in the intervening areas. So yeah, my podcast is a one-on-one interview show called Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal. It's turning eight which is like 8,000 in podcast years in a couple of weeks, uh, meaning eight years, not eight months. And, uh, of course, I am a co-host on Movie Night Extravaganza, the best movie show on the Internet uh, as well. And I also do a bunch of other stuff. But if I sit here and listen to all of it, they wouldn't have any time to talk. So there you go. All right. Fair enough. Uh, although I'm not sure about that business, about how new technology that democratizes things can't be bad. Have you... Uh... Uh, are you familiar with Twitter? <laughs> we got it wrong, folks. We got it wrong. <laughs> Do you remember when Twitter used to be fun? Like, way back when? <laughs> like, favorite, it was... Yeah. Th- th- there was, like, a couple years where it was basically a bunch of average people trying out their tight five to the an audience of the internet. <laughs> and that led to some beautiful things. And now it's, it's literally just doom-scrolling and, uh, uh, you know, pit- torches and pitchforks. So... Yeah, fair enough. So, um, recently, I, speaking of Twitter, saw somebody there posting this question about, like, if you're a leftist, what's the, um, you know, um, like, what's the politically right-wing, like, art, you know, I, I don't know if they remember if they asked specifically, like, uh, about particular art forms, but I mean, like, what's the... Um, you know, but presumably, like, movies, novels, TV, you know, music, whatever, that you, uh, mm-hmm. that you like the most. And uh, I actually do have a slightly spicier take on this than the one I gave in my initial response, uh, which we can get to. But my initial response was, you know, tons of it. <laughs> that, that I think, yeah. that, you know, there's, there's lots of stuff that I think is, like art and entertainment that I enjoy that I think is good, uh, that is made by right wingers and, and not just like, you know, cause you can have stuff that's like made by right wingers, but you'd never guess what the politics of it were for the thing itself. Uh, the politics, the creator were for the thing itself. I mean, obviously that's very possible, but there's also lots of stuff that I enjoy, you know, like from, I mean, we could go as, like highbrow is like John Updike novels and his lowbrow is like, you know, whatever James Bond movies that, uh, there's, there's lots of stuff that I, I enjoy the shit out of that is not only made by right, you know, people who are, you know, one way or another right wing, but actually I think in certain ways reflects a right wing worldview and, and that's kind of fine. So that's my initial thought, uh, that also, also, I think I sort of jokingly said in there that I'd, I'd much prefer that right-wingers do things like go into writing fiction where they can cause much less damage to the real world. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, I think that's great, by the way. If, there, if there's like a, 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 an organization for that, I will fundraise <laughs> for it. Absolutely. Make, make more like, what was it? Uh, God, what was that movie that came out that was uh, where the, 
the right wingers are hunted by the liberals. <laughs> and and yeah. I, was, I was like, first of all, that's, that sounds like a Mr. Show gag. To it me. does. Uh, but also like, okay, great. You know what? I don't have to watch it. I'm sure it's terrible. I just don't even need to see it. I know it's terrible. Uh, but good on them. You know what? Good for them. They're making a thing. It's, it's probably got an audience I would imagine. Um, but anyway, yeah. Speaking to your larger point, like, so one of my favorite books of all time Mm -hmm. of any kind is journey to the end of the night Mm -hmm. uh, by, uh, Celine, the, uh, polemicist and, uh, uh, novelist. And, uh, you know, that dude, pretty anti-semitic like borderline fascist Mm -hmm. and it's such a bummer because like you know when i read that book that was very transformative to me early on because it it really has it's not as abjectly political as i guess later stuff so it kind of bummed me out i was talking to um shannon selberg of the cows and he was Mm. he was like we were talking about and how great of a book it was he's like he's like yeah too bad he's a fascist and i'm like Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You know, like which it's just not the first thing you think of because it's so. Um, there, there weren't a lot of books like that. Like he wrote like a couple like really bad like anti-Semitic tomes and like like I mean rough. Like if you the more you know about that guy, the less the, the, the more of a bummer it is if you like his his artwork. But by the same token, that book is great. That book is awesome. And and like I you know when we were talking about this. We talked about noir, mm. right? I love noir uh, in novelies form. I love noir, especially film noir. Mm-hmm. And, you know, James Elroy, I think, is like one of the, the better writers. And I, I think I said I'd curb stomp, probably curb stomp him if I met him in, in person. Mm-hmm. But it's like, <laughs> he's because he's a, you know, let's like, just charitably say that my politics do not match up with his. But that said, as far as that genre goes, he's one of the best as far as I'm concerned. And it is interesting that, like, why can't art just be the art? Uh, and, of course, I say that. I'm, a, I'm an artist, right? <laughs> but, like, I don't understand the idea of, of not being able to enjoy art if you don't 100% align with the values, ideals, and identity of the person who created it. That that. That is a new construct. When I say new, I feel like the last four years, frankly. Uh, and I, I, don't, I don't care for it. And it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't invalidate the artwork of people that maybe had what we would consider like less evolved views or even like, you know, like Celine, problematic ones. But by the same token, like musically, like most, you know, but Ted Nugent had like, what, four good <laughs> songs when I was a baby? Like, great, who cares about Ted Nugent, right? But like... Yeah. It's easier with music because it just it tends it tends to be that way. They tend to be like more on the quiet side about it. But like, I don't know, man. Like, is this the best use of our torches and pitchforks? Because it doesn't advance power. Well, right. So that's that's definitely one true thing there. Um, that and you know whatever. I, I still uh, <laughs> I mean I do tend to agree that there are about a four of them, but I do still like the four good Ted Nugent songs. Uh, but... They're good songs. It's just that he hasn't written you know he hasn't written a good one in like forty years. But you know hey, other than that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, but yeah, so okay, so that's one point, right? That it, it is a terrible use of torches and pitchforks because it doesn't you know it doesn't advance anything. I mean last night. On the show, we were having a little bit of fun with, uh, on the, the main show, the YouTube show, we were having a little bit of fun with the, uh, with, um, with the reactions to 
the uh, to Will Smith uh, slapping Chris Rock oh, from, all, from all from all the people who like you know are Slap either date. yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> or either just like freelance idiots on Twitter having opinions or else are. Uh, or else are like impoverished twenty something you know writers for big magazines who have to like turn in a take you know within six hours of something right. happening and they have to come up with something uh so so it 's all ah. like you know will Smith is Zelensky or whatever like a, you know Chris Rock yeah. is Zelensky maybe you know but uh, and you get bonus points if you can tie those things together as many people have <laughs> torturedly tried to do yes <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no exactly uh so so that 's one thing right that like there is it is part of our particular neoliberal hellscape that we tend to have um, this like weird unsettling combination where absolutely everything is political but nothing matters Uh, and so so that's definitely one like true thing but even aside from the fact that like obviously there's this thing that people do where they'll like critique art in this kind of semi-political or pseudo-political way that like gives you the impression that they think that you know they think that they're sort of doing politics when they do it and and that's like i think we could even just kind of say as a given on the outset that that's incredibly annoying you you know like should do that but um I, i mean i think that when you kind of put that aside right say all right no like you know, put away the torches and pitchforks and then just kind of think about, like, I don't know, maybe just, like, how we feel about it as people, about some of this art. And and I guess there are a couple different questions to me, right? So your example, um, shamefully, I have not, in fact, read uh, Journey to the End of Night. I will someday. Oh, but, it's, uh, it's very good. You'll like it, I think. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard great things. But... Um, I have read the Black Dahlia, so I'm with, uh, right. got, got you on that one. So, uh, and it's and it's very good. I like it a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, but um, and and I actually think it's an interesting example for for what you're talking about. But like, I think there are maybe a couple of different issues here, since one of them is about. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe, like, you read Journey to the End of Night and you don't realize, I have no idea, I haven't read the thing, you know. But, like, uh, then um, then it's like, oh, this guy's a fascist. That's, you know, that's not great. And so it's, yeah. like, sort of roughly equivalent to, like, I don't know. I mean, if you have, uh, like, it's roughly equivalent to, like, the Woody Allen issue, right? Like, if you think that he... Oh, sure, yeah. You know, if you think that he really did you know, molest, uh, his, uh, his daughter, uh, then, um, you know, then do you, you know, then like, what does that mean in terms of, of your enjoyment of Annie Hall or whatever? And, uh, you know, for the record, I'm, I have no idea. Neither do you on the first question. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. We're not in the room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the idea that like, and I remember actually a time when I would like sort of piece through some of the, like, you know, some of the many, many conflicted accounts of this that I like kind of took a step back. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm yeah. never, I'm never going to meet any of these people. You know, <laughs> like it, it literally doesn't matter. You know what I think happened here. Right. But, right. You're you so know, far down the rabbit hole though. You don't even remember why you went down in the first place. Yeah, uh, totally. Right. So, so like, that's one thing. 
And and I would say on the second question, like, what does that mean about whether you enjoy it? It's like, I don't know. I mean, like, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of between you and your God, right? I mean, like, if, and like or really, I would just say maybe more precisely that I think that that's not um, – I think it's a mistake to see that as a moral question. Like, what should you make of it? Like, I have sure. a, I, I think that's just like a, you know, I mean, I think that's more or less a question of, of personal taste. Like, I'm pretty absolutist about that. Like, I, I, I think that if like, I think that if you know Hannibal Lecter is like, you know, I don't know, is, uh, um, is doing some screenwriting and like the, you know, in the, you know psychiatric hospital and uh and you know he gets one of the maid and you like it then you like it you know <laughs> they, uh, yeah it'd probably be great you know and <laughs> you're talking to conan neutron and the secret friends the art of murder is a concept record about hannibal lecter and the world around him so i, I missed that one but yeah the, the famous novelist hannibal lecter that that would be deeply conflicted on uh in, in these <laughs> days i think but then also just just real quick polanski like what about Polanski? Yeah, right sure right. where it's like okay he was arrested and charged with like a crime but right. like no one's talking about revoking that oscar <laughs> you no. know, and, and and honestly like rosemary's baby one of my favorites of all time right it's chinatown it, it, amazing movie yeah, both of those are amazing movies. I actually think, just a sidebar, I mean, Rosemary's Baby, um, you know, I, I, I think is uh, one of, I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually think it's one of the best horror movies ever made. And I think I it's agree. partially uh, because uh, because it was, it was made by, well, I mean, Polanski, the movie based on the novel by Ira Levin. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. so, so two, um uh, two secular Jews who both understood that uh, having your sense of reality fucked with is way scarier than the devil is, and you know, like <laughs> right, yeah, absolutely. Well, and 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 that makes them endearing in a way too, because although the the circumstances around which they were written and made may have changed, there there will always be that kind of thing happening within culture and, and within the world right so it's, it's going to be you you essentially making it timeless while also making it somewhat ephemeral and of the moment uh and 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 like getting the zeitgeist of the day with like the the you know with rosemary's baby as a for instance like the changing of the guard like the old ways and the new and then like well what if the old ways were the really old ways you know? <laughs> so anyway that's sorry that's a bit that's a bit of a derivation off your no but that's point, but. yeah but that's that's great right so um and, and to be clear right because people you know, could easily get this twisted. I don't, you know, I mean, look, I, I get, I just think this is a matter of personal sensibility. I mean, like if you could still enjoy it, then I don't, I think it's, I think it's dumb to say that you have a moral obligation not to. On the other hand, if you like, you know, whatever, if you can't read the, uh, you know, if you can't read the novel by Hannibal Lecter, you know, without thinking about yeah. people's brains beating, and then like that's whatever. Like, you know, well, you do, guess you do, I'm right? a cannibal now. You know, like, all right, wow, that's susceptible. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you know, like, sure, if you if you don't enjoy it because it gets in the way for you that you don't enjoy it, whatever, I don't care, right? You know, but um, so so that's like you know, yeah, and like so, Roman Polanski again. My view is uh, should not take away those Oscars. I'd I'd be fine, you know. Um, in fact, I think if he, uh, if he voluntarily returned to, uh, to the United States while being, uh, uh, you know, while, you know, his latest movie was up for an Academy Award and like he got it right. I'd be fine with letting him like go up and give his acceptance speech before they handcuffed him. But, um, 
uh, you know, like that's that's fine, right? Those those could be two separate spheres, but then, uh, but then I think there is like a slightly different issue, which mm-hmm. which I I did want to get your take on, which is that okay, so all these are examples that are sort of um, like separating the art from the artist examples, but right, um, but then. I think in some ways the more interesting question is when the art itself reflects, like, like really does, right? Reflects values that are wildly at odds with, with your own. And, sure. And I think that a lot of people sort of assume that in that case, well, of course in that case, right? Like, you know, you can't, uh, you can't like enjoy appreciate you know learn something from being enriched by uh that stuff and i've never been sure why not so i'm gonna give you an interesting example of that so so i I, i'm a rocker but i come from the world of punk rock and of course there is the notorious uh white power group screwdriver they're they're a punk rock group they're actually honestly like not that great as, as a band too but the perfect example of this, the perfect example of... So, so, the, so there you go. That's an easy one. Like, you can. I don't know if you still can. At one time, you could find Charles Manson's record on uh, Spotify. It's pretty bad. Right. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, wait a second. What happened here? I don't know what's happening. Uh-oh. You all right? Okay, there we go. There we go. Good. Okay, yeah, yeah. Something. I got a weird notification. Uh, so there's a band screwdriver, right? Friend of mine thought it would be really funny to make a band called Jew Driver that is a screwdriver uh, cover band that had changed all of the uh, screwdriver lyrics that said to be about white power and, and, and such to be about like, you know, matzo balls and things along those lines. Uh, and it was brilliant. And it was something where as much as like, I'm like, oh, I despise the idea that the screwdriver band <laughs> exists because I think of punk rock, like I don't, you know, I don't think of like white supremacy, but I was like, wow, that's clever. That's very. That's a very clever way of doing it. But I think nowadays uh, he wouldn't have been able to do it because people were like, "Oh, well, you're platforming screwdriver," and it's like, "Well, are you really?" Because the thing is, no, first of all, nobody is nobody is obligated to have a platform, and also, like, just because you banish things into the darkness doesn't mean that they're banished. I mean, there's still uh, worlds that that stuff is. Very, I don't know how you would ironically love screwdriver, but unironically like uh, loved, and people are into it. And then, and it's, it doesn't shake away the power of by be, by it being mercilessly mocked and effectively mocked. In fact, if anything, it takes away, it it, it makes it more uh, contextualized, so people might think a little more about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, then look to be clear. Like on the one hand, I wouldn't, uh, you know, listen to. Um, you know, uh, white supremacist music, or probably, uh, or probably want to have anything to do with anybody who uh, who, who did unironically. Yeah, prob- did. probably not this audience. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly right. Like, because that would be like gross and weird. But also, though, I mean, in terms of like power and taking away power and all that stuff, I would just gently suggest that if. Um, if if like musicians who have uh, who have a certain political perspective making lots of music that reflected lots of people listening to it actually had much political effect would be living in a very different 
hundred percent, hundred percent. Right. I mean, like, so if you think about, uh, people that are trying like, okay, so Coldplay, I, I am not a Coldplay fan, but that dude basically, he has your pretty decent, like mod libs or politics, like leaning progressive. Okay, fine. But like, to what effect people aren't listening to that bland, gruel, like middle manager <laughs> music for his political beliefs. You know, they're looking here to hear vague songs about love, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and th- that's not what they're there for. So by the same token, if somebody goes on some like big impassioned rant, I- Al Jorgensen is a good example. Al Jorgensen in ministry. He's actually a really like progressive dude. Like, and he's like, it, although in that weird sort of, um, nihilistic way that, uh, that, that a lot of people come from aggressive music are. Uh, I believe he said at one point he said he wanted to have George Bush beheaded or something way before Kathy Griffin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point of fact is he goes on these like, you know, lo- like long you know, screeds and, and whatnot. And like, man, people don't just want to hear like, you know, uh, uh, stigmata. They're, they're not looking like you're not changing any minds here. If you, if you if it feels good doing it, great. If you're having that be part of the thing, great. As a good example, of what he did, he, he would, used to bring Joe Biafra from the Dead Kennedys out to do like, uh, the spoken word thing, right? And then that that beget uh, Lard, which is like their collaborative band and whatnot, and, and and like the idea of making more art that supports the politics. I think that that's cool, but it's still going to be art, and arts business isn't necessarily to be political. It can be political. But if you're putting the expectation that all art has to be political or that art, especially as allegory, mm-hmm. has to be political, that's a hard road to go down because art should be art. And we have to understand the concept of like you, a song or a, a piece of art it doesn't have to be like a declaration of these are my thoughts and I am speaking them aloud. No, it doesn't. And, <laughs> and, and it is worth saying that even when it is, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, what it is, I think there's like a role for. Um, you know, explicitly political art, but agree. Uh, I love a lot of it. I can I can make a list. I made Jason a playlist forever ago. You know, like <laughs> I love it all day long, twice on Tuesdays. But yeah, please continue. sure. Uh, although, also again, I, I I think the fact that it can be a good thing, um, I, I you know I, I don't think we should overstate you know the uh, the impact. Right, I mean, uh, you know I I, I think. As I recall, uh, you know, Paul Ryan loves Rage Against the Machine. You know, I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, representative missing the point exactly. <laughs> you know, so... uh, yeah, yeah, and, and that's I mean the mental gymnastics of taking a band that's like, explicitly political as that, and like being able to be like, oh, I don't even know what they're singing about. <laughs> really, you don't know? He like, shouted like seventeen times in the last chorus, but okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but. <sighs> I also, I also think like okay. I mean, let's go. Let's go to James Elroy for a second because sure. I think that you know the you know the one you know the one James Elroy book I read, which I liked. You know, like I, you know, I think that it's actually not like. I mean, okay. Is there anything technically in that novel that's like? you know, exactly super right wing. No, but like, it, it's also, I don't think it should come as a shock to anybody who's read it. Right. You know what? Uh, right. Yeah. You know, you know, Spoiler what, alert, everybody. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what is, uh, what his worldview is. Right. Yeah. And, uh, what a shocker. And, and uh, you know, I mean, it's like a little bit like, 
I mean, whatever. I mean, I guess if you're like 12, you could be forgiven for not realizing that the lion was Jesus and uh, Narnia. But like, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I remember just reading those later books and be like, something seems really weird about this. I can't <laughs> put my finger on it. I'm like, oh, I get it. Oh. Yeah, anyway, continue. Yeah, so I, I think as an adult reading those books, I mean, you, you, you kind of get it. Uh, and and I guess I guess my my two thoughts on this are one – I actually think that there's probably some innate value to like reading like a well-written novel or, or doing the equivalent for other art forms that reflects values that are completely different from yours a way of like looking at the world that's completely different from yours. Cause like, I think it's probably like for a lot of reasons, I think as a person and, and even like whatever, just even in terms of like thinking about this stuff, engaging politically, whatever. I, th- I think that there's some value to like temporarily seeing the world as other people sure. see it, you know, in ways that you wouldn't see it. Right. I mean, I, th- I think that's a good thing. <laughs> and uh, That yeah. should build empathy and understanding ideally. I mean, if you're, if yeah, you're doing yeah. it right, you know, and even if the understanding is, wow, that guy sucks. Uh, and i even kind of think that maybe there's a certain kind of right-wing worldview that as much as like i completely reject it on its merits might actually be pretty conducive to making some interested art because like I mean, okay, we could do a version of this that's just about, like, popcorn entertainment. Like, I mean, I think it's probably, you know, I mentioned James Bond earlier. I don't think, sure. those, movie, I don't think those movies would be improved by, like, wringing their hands about, you know, the, the, uh, the, you know, the effects of American and British imperialism in the world, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, should we really be intervening in those countries? No, no. It's, 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 it's a spy going around doing, like, dumb spy stuff awesomely. You know, like, that's the <laughs> point. That is literally the point. It was the point of the books. It's the point of the movies. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally, right? And so, but, and then, like, even in terms of the highbrow version, like, I, I think, I think sometimes, like, a lot, like, I think there might actually be a reason why certain kinds of reactionaries are going to produce good and interesting art mm-hmm. that reflects their worldview, because I, I guess it might just be as simple as, like, if you... If you basically think that, like, the world is broken and it's not really going to change for the better and people who say that they're interested in trying to change it uh, for the better are probably, like, you know, cynical or confused or blah, 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 yeah. and you think that the – and um, and and you think that, like, you just kind of have to focus on your life and et cetera, et cetera. Okay, on the one hand – there's something that's like true and important that you've missed. And, and I, and, and I think that that true and important thing that you've missed is incredibly important politically, but I'm not going to say that there's not something true and important that you've latched onto. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sy- systems have failed us, you know, politicians fail us all the time and it's hard, it's hard not to argue against that. So if you have, so, all right, it's so a perfect example, the Ramones, mm-hmm. right? So, Joey Rohn noted, like, you know, progressive liberal activist, like, very uh, passionate about his, uh, the causes that he into. And he also was in a band with Johnny Ramone, who was mm-hmm. very much a republic, like, libertarian-leading Republican, 
But he also mm-hmm. didn't think it was important to have the politics be in the songs. Uh, he w- he wasn't trying to espouse that beliefs, but he believed it very much. And I mean, it got to the point where that's why they're traveling in different buses. That last tour, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like they didn't even want to be anywhere near each other unless they were uh, on stage. And there's other reasons for that as well. But uh, but the idea being that, like, it, for years, like, I, and again, because back in the day, you didn't know everything about everyone. I was like, I didn't know Johnny Ramone, like, you know, said that was like a Republican until he like. When they were inducted into Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2002, he said something like, God bless President Bush. And I was like, what? <laughs> God bless President Bush? <laughs> uh, and so that was a rude awakening, right? But, but like, also, it's like, well, then I thought about it. I'm like, well, does that really matter? I mean, like, he's still, like, the king of the downstroke. He's still, like, playing guitar and all these incredible songs. And, you know, like, it didn't change my love of the music. I was like, oh, that's interesting. That dude feels that way, huh? Whereas with, with uh, and I hate to keep bringing it, it's like... Uh-huh. One, one of the two things I always have to bring up, like with with Nugent, it's like this guy is going around. He's more known for his like conservative activism <laughs> than for writing a good riff, right? Yeah. I, and another another example is uh, Eric Clapton, right? You know, where mm-hmm. like and not even just talking about his notorious racisms about you know keep Britain white and whatnot, uh, but like I mean, didn't he write like an anti uh, vaccination song? If I remember correctly, I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if he wrote an anti vaccination song, but I oh, think he. I think he's definitely like made like anti like anti lockdown anti masker kind of like like and he might have even done he made it you're right it was an anti lockdown song that's yeah, right yeah. it was it was an anti lockdown yeah. song and I'm thinking of um oh god uh I think there is there is someone that did do an anti vax song that was like a another boomer was it Van Morrison <laughs> I can't remember oh exactly. uh, that sounds right. Where it's just like, oh my god, shut up! Like no one is. Li- First of all, this song is terrible. <laughs> but like, not only is it terrible, like just like you don't need to be doing this. Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was Van Morrison because he was sued by the uh, Irish uh, health minister over his. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I remember this now. This is this is like God. That was November. <laughs> so that seems like a hundred thousand years ago. But yeah, Van yeah, Morrison. But... First of all, Van Morrison's still alive. Uh, secondly, <laughs> making friends and influencing people all around, you know, where it's, where it's like, if you're using your platform in that way, uh, you know, like, okay, then th- that I think opens you up to the level of scrutiny and the level of judgment that people have where like, wow, that's going to color your, your ideas about the rest of the art, right? Like, like it helps that I'm like, yeah, you know, um, you know, there's, there's a few good songs here, but I don't really care one way or the other about Eric Clapton. I don't really care one way or the other about uh, Ted Nugent, you know, like whatever. And I can listen to, you know, Derek, Layla can come on. And I can still think it's a jam and I don't think about Eric Clapton's, you know, boneheaded ideas about lockdown. And like when I hear Stranglehold, I'm like, yep, that's still sick. Like, I'm not going to worry about like, you know, what he thinks of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or whatever. But also like... I don't know, man. Like none of these people are policy holder, policy makers. They're not like um, in positions of power, right? So, and do they really have like who's their audience? Access TV. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like they're not exactly like win- winning people over to their cause by just like being old old men ranting. Yeah, I, I mean, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, although I guess as as you're saying some of that, I mean, I was thinking. Uh, the, uh, you know, thinking about, so you could, like, examples like, um, I don't know, I mean, like, 
Sweet Home Alabama, right? I mean, that's like a that's like a pretty reactionary song, you know. But like, that's actually you know like legitimately good as uh, you know as as uh, as music, you know. Or um, um, you know, it was the uh, um, the Beatles, the uh, Revolution Number One, right? You know, so yeah. uh, so so you say you want a revolution, um, but. Yeah, I, I, I guess like I guess the the sort of claim that I'm interested in putting out there is that I think that like thinking that the, that the world can you know be changed for the better is clearly a better mindset for actually engaging in politics since, you know, that's what's conducive to actually changing it for the better, you know, (laughs) but like, uh, thinking that thinking that like people are broken and the world basically can't be changed for the better. And it's a fool's errand and all that stuff, you know, might actually be a mindset that whereas it's a terrible one to bring to actual politics, might be conducive to exploring certain things that are true about what it's like to be a person in the context of, of art. Right. So, you know, it's, it doesn't sound crazy to me that there's some art that reflects conservative values that is going to be good, not despite that fact, but maybe even in some strange way because of it. And, uh, that there, and, and again, I, I also think, um, you know, I also think that, there's there's probably like I I think that if you're if you're reading things, listening to things, watching things that give you a temporary sense of how somebody else sees the world that's completely different from how you see the world and mm-hmm. at the at the end of it you're you know, like you don't say, Oh, they're right, right? You know, but like, you know, you can still I I, I suspect that you still get something valuable. Out of right. <laughs> so, so, okay, so perfect example. Tonight on Movie Night Extravaganza, we're closing out Movie Night Madness Month by watching American Psycho. Oh, yeah. Which I love. And, I, and, I, and, and, and by the way, hilarious still. Like, this incredible, like, social satire. But, you, you know, I don't watch that, and then at the end of it, be like, huh, you know, I think I might go murder some people. That's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, that isn't, that isn't how anybody who's not, like, under, like, deep hypnosis or something works. I mean, it's just not... It's not the way people consume art, but we are te- we temporarily suspend that disbelief when we're pissed at something, and we want it not to be there because in in absence of actual justice and being served out, that's led people to fall into catharsis. And, and you know, you you wrote a great book about that, and uh, you know, there's other things like Ronson's book too, so you've mm-hmm. been publicly shamed, where. In absence of, of being able to actually bring justice to people that are either doing wrong or being seen to be doing wrong, people pick up the torches and pitchforks. And I think a lot of times, like I said at the at the jump, right, people are just you know misusing their torches and pitchforks way too much. It should be for something that actually matters. And it's it's expecting art to be anything other than art is the modern construct, and it's a bad one, frankly. Because uh, it doesn't allow you for, for having nuance. I mean, even, like, okay, so I'm not really a, a Leonard Skinner fan, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, Sweet Home Alabama is a complicated song. And, like, there, there is a lot to it that's sort of like, oh, it makes sense in the context of its time, but it's been, taken, it's been able to be taken out of context in the way of, 
like this, the great movie Bob Roberts mm-hmm. that Tim Robbins did, where he's this uh, right-wing Senate candidate who's basically the anti-Bob Dylan, right? He has all these songs about how uh, you know, you pull yourself into bootstraps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want, he never allowed the soundtrack to be released because he didn't want the songs to be taken out of context and used like guilelessly, like uh, as you know, actual propaganda songs. Because you know they would have, and especially now, because the songs mm-hmm. are actually good too. But that's where we're at now. That like, and what we're gonna, we're going to see is things are going to be much more nuanced. A good example of this is there's a band called Idols. So mm-hmm. they're an uh, English band. They're good. Uh, they um, they owe a lot to bands like Proto Modern and especially McCluskey. But mm-hmm. they're abjectly political. But they're political then it's a way that's like I don't like the fascists. I'm going to punch the fascists. Like those are like the like it's so just. <laughs> like alarmingly straightforward and just like I would almost say guilelessly uh, uh, prevent presenting the worldview forward. And for me, when I hear it as someone who craves nuance, I'm like, oh, that's wow, just all right, okay. But then by the same token, when I see them live and I see like these like 20 year olds, like and it's like you know, a packed room full of 20 year olds like bopping around and having a great time to this weird as heck music, and they're you know. Shouting along to these like relatively guileless, straightforward songs, I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm I'm the guy over here in the corner, you know, craving the nuance, and like these kids are like they're they like that. They just want it like explicitly stated. Here's it. Here's my explicit statement of intent. Mm-hmm. You know, we are anti-sexist. You know, we're anti-racist, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, yeah, I'm for all those things, but it's like, do we just? I mean, that's what we're down to. We're just shouting what we are. <laughs> Like, I, that that bums me out, but of course, you know, like, I'm, look, man, I'm in a band with a sentence-long band name. I mean, that, that says everything, right? But yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but it was hard for me to reconcile that, because I was be like, oh, that's dopey. Like, this is a good band, but that's dopey. And then I was like, oh, no, I guess that's, people are looking for that, you know? And and, and the songs are good, so it works. And they, I mean, they're a great band, but that was kind of a moment of reckoning for me a couple of years ago of just having, like, what I felt was my, well, ha-ha. <laughs> Of course, I think that, you know, perhaps they should, uh, perhaps they should use the application of nuance on their songs to allow for, you know, and like, it's like, oh yeah, their fans don't care about that at all, even a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, all right. I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> is that what being a political band in, in this area is? Like, maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, not something I'd enjoy, but whatever. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's do, let's see if we can get a couple callers in before we go. So we got Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, can you? Yep. Hey, Ben. Hey, Cohen. It's, it's been a very interesting conversation. You guys have been, uh, the original question that I jumped in the queue for was answered, and then my follow-up question was answered. So <laughs> really, really great. Um, we, we saw you coming, and we took care of it earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, God and, damn it, Scott, let's let's make sure we deal with this in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my reputation precedes me. Um, but what I was thinking about while you were talking about bands was two examples being like System of a Down, mm. where they have some very overtly political songs, but apparently their drummer is Ardman Trump supporter. And they're still able, right. they're, I believe they're still together, they're still you know, playing their music, he's drumming for a band, for a song that he may not agree with. 
but they're still able to stay together. And then the other example that I have is the Mighty Mighty Boston, who have been around for decades. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They recently broke up because the lead singer got involved with some anti-vax stuff. And, you know, that they couldn't survive this this disconnect with their values. Um, so, yeah, if you have any thoughts on that, I'd love to hear. Sure, sure. Should I, do yeah. you want to go, Ben, or should I? Should no, I? you go. You go. So, I think it's fascinating because uh, that guy Surge from System of Down is very abjectly political. Like, you probably would... Um, you know, he'd, be, he'd slot right in on any of these shows talking about any of these kinds of topics. But yeah, if I remember right, I think it was a drummer for System of Down. He, he called Trump like the greatest friend to minorities or something along those lines, <laughs> which is like, man, did you get hit in the head? Like, who, who, where'd that idea come from? Um, <laughs> the only thing I'll say with that band is that like that band's been around for forever. And they're, you know, they're probably a very deep friendship uh, based on things other than politics, which, which is a thing that is possible, people. It is a thing that is possible. Uh, and, I mean, I think there's, like, didn't Serge say something about how much he, like, loves him, but, like, doesn't respect his views at all, something along those. Like, it's, it's something... I think so, yeah. Lines. And honestly, like, you know, if you're in a band that long with someone and, like, you have the thing that works and you're you're making music that, you know, has an audience and you're... you're, you're the art is there, it's understandable where... You're like, well, okay, let's just not bring up this or whatever. <laughs> like, I can see it. And, and, like, what's he supposed to do? Like, you know, sack him and, like, uh, just get someone who matches his political worldview? I mean, it's... it's yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's not only possible to be friends with somebody you don't share their politics with. It's desirable for a lot of reasons, not least that, right. like, it's... Uh, I, mean, it, I mean, just strategically, it's, it's always seemed nuts to me that people think that they're accomplishing something by, uh, by like isolating themselves from anybody who doesn't already agree with them. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That, but you know, I, I, I mean, I remember, I mean, whatever it's you know, a little bit different, right. Cause often we're talking about somebody who like, you know, strongly disagrees, whatever, but like we have, uh, I remember years ago seeing that, uh, that somebody was like some, he was doing this like left wing like socialist like dating service. I was like, God damn it! If you're not even <laughs> if, you're, if you're not even dating normal people, right? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I, oh, like yeah, who exactly? You know, <laughs> like like you know, Powersofme.com was was a thing. <laughs> yeah. oh, Jesus. Yeah, like that's good. That's good. Like, just make sure that you never come into contact with yeah, anybody yeah, yeah, exactly. who doesn't already agree with all of your views. That'll definitely help you spread those views as widely as at all possible. Um, Close the circle even further. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. I, I mean, and look, I mean, I get it if you can't. Like, I, you know, it's not like there's nobody I've ever like. Um, like gotten mad at and has gotten mad at me, you know, because of political disagreements who I just don't talk to anymore. I mean, I think that's just a probably an inevitable thing that happens sometimes, but, um, but I, I, I do like, you know, I, I think it's a good thing when it doesn't honestly, like, yeah. you know, that should be encouraged. I, I've had great conversations with, uh, folks who I consider friends who I don't align with politically where, you know, it just it, and they're, it's based in curiosity. It's like, oh, really? I'm curious why you feel that way, right? And, and and by the same token, I've answered like why I feel certain ways, whatever. And it's like, oh, hmm, all right, well, 
good to know, you know. And, and, and then we get on with our lives and, like, you know, have have dinner or whatever, and it's okay. You know, nothing explodes. Um, I, I think it's interesting that you invoke the Mighty Mighty, Bost- uh, Mighty, Mighty Boston's. I can't believe we're talking about Mighty Mighty Boston's in 2022. But... <laughs> Uh, that's kind of crazy because I know that was due to, uh, you know, one, one of the fellows kind of came out as anti-vax, right? Or like his, his wife was mm-hmm. anti-vax or something. And like there was, so, but that's wild because that's a band that, I mean, they were touring and making records and doing stuff for years and years and years before they ever had a hit. I will say this, I tour myself. I know a lot of people who play in touring bands who are way bigger than, than mine and all of them. All of them have been like, those are the nicest guys in the world. Every one of them. They, 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 maybe they don't say anything about the music, but they're like, oh, they're, they're super nice guys. <laughs> like, everyone goes out of the way to say how nice they are, like, to the point that it's, like, disarming, apparently. So if those guys, uh, if that reputation, because I don't know them personally, if that reputation holds true, then that had to be some, like, serious kind of, uh, I guess they call it irreconcilable differences. Right uh, to make that happen because that's a band that could continue doing that until the day they drop dead. Or maybe not the dancing guy. I mean, eventually you're doing. Some- <laughs> <laughs> you know, you there know, was a guy that just dances in that band, right? That there was for years. I don't know if they're still. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's still- yeah it, it is kind of funny. Like I, I re- within the last few months, I went to see the uh, the Rolling Stones, which was awesome, but also kind of like disconcerted because. You know, Mick Jagger cannot, like, you know, his voice is not what it was, you know, sure. yeah. 30 years ago, 50 years ago, right? You know, uh, and uh, and then, but then also, actually, just a few nights ago, a buddy guy who's approximately 500, but, like, still has, like, exudes absurd amounts of energy and stage presence. Yeah. So, you know, that's, uh, so, like, maybe, you know, maybe that guy could until he died, but probably not. I, I saw Wayne, Wayne Kramer for the MC50 uh, and literally almost the exact same age as my dad. And like, you know, he was still, he was doing the stage moves. He was like, and I was like, wow, that's, that's some life goals as far as that goes. Cause you see him and it's like, oh, he's, you know, he's kind of starting to show his age a little bit, you know, age appropriate, but yeah. the show was incredible. And it, it doesn't, and it which isn't to say that like people can't channel their, was a totally different show, but <laughs> channel their energy in a different way, you know, right? Like, like Nick Cave isn't like kicking people in the head anymore, like he wasn't a birthday party and like stage diving, but actually, he does kind of stage dive a little bit still, but you know, it doesn't doesn't hit the same, so to speak. But I mean, by the same token, you know, it's it's just interesting to think of like what are people getting out of music now? Because mm-hmm. think about. At the time, it used to be like there were, there were things that were ephemeral. They were in the, in the age that they were in, and then it was gone. And now, because of the streaming services, everything is available all the time, always. And it's all happy <laughs> in present tense. So therefore, if you're a legacy act, if you already made it in, if you already have an audience, good for you, man. Get on the road. Make some money. Especially now that COVID's apparently over. You know? <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah, but everybody is. So that's the problem is that there's there's less space than ever for new art. The new artist people claim to want to hear that they uh, all mm-hmm. hope are going to write political things. It was like, man, everything is political in this world right now. If you're trying to create mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what do you what do you want? Kill the poor. That was already written in like 78. <laughs> you know, yeah, come on. So- like great song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love I love. Uh, yeah. The fresh fruit for rotting vegetables is a fantastic uh album i uh I, I still it's 
you know, I don't even listen to that much stuff like that. But yeah, that one still has a, yeah, has a has a special place in my heart. But um, well, that Kennedy's had both songs and hooks too. That's the other thing that people that's forget true. too. Is like that's that, true. Those are the important things, especially in a punk band. Even if they think that they aren't, it sounds like a bunch of noise. But if there's songs there, it'll it'll last. Anyway, yeah, no, get down the soapbox. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's no, that's very that's very true. I uh, actually, he's also an interesting example. I guess. Wow. All right. Well, I was going to say it wasn't that long ago, but this was 2004. So you know, um, as uh, as as Kamala Harris so wisely teaches us, uh, the passage of time is a whatever the fuck she said is the important thing. <laughs> but uh, the. Uh, um, but, uh, but yeah, I did see, uh, so I guess almost 20 years ago, but I did see Jella Biafra then doing this kind of thing that was, uh, I don't know if you call it exactly a concert or just kind of a rant, you know, but he, uh, but like, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Jello, all right. Yeah. <laughs> just like kind of being on stage doing some sort of spoken wordy, like, you know, just like i don't know saying stuff for four like four hours you know but uh but it it was great i loved it yeah he's i mean like you know whatever there's a hard times article i don't know you can film at the hard times like the onion from Uh, rock right uh uh, but there's there's a great like one of the all-timers for me for that is uh lucky airline passenger wins free five-hour spoken word performance by (laughs) jelly Biafra. And I love the man, but I, I always get a laugh out of, out of that because it's not that off base. <laughs> so sorry to interrupt because I'm really enjoying it. I, I oh, do just want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to get to the question that I finally came up. Oh, with. oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, lay it on us. And I want to be respectful to the to the other guy at the queue. Um, so my thought was about um, you know I agree with you guys about. Uh, being able to kind of appreciate the art, regardless of the artist's views or, or their actions, I think that there is uh, times for that it's appropriate. Um, but I'm thinking about how the once once you learn of those views or learn of those actions, it doesn't necessarily. Uh, change your feelings about the art, but it does contextualize relationship with the artist. Mm. And mm. How, like, like my, my thought was like J.K. Rowling, who has, mm-hmm. has yeah. an in- inability to stop, you know, being a, uh, you, know, you know, whatever. But, but yeah, how... it's like, just shut up. Just don't say anything. <laughs> no. Like, it'll be better if you said nothing. Say less. <laughs> yeah, right. and, and it's also weird, because it's like, Okay, it, it's not just like this, like you know, I don't know, like old lady who writes children's fantasy novels, like turns out to have some like goofy reactionary views. That's not like that's like a Wednesday. Who cares, right? But like, um, but it's that like somehow or another, it just seems like this is her life's mission now. To, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I used to I used to call that doubling down on Dickery. Because because it's like you don't you don't need to double down, man. Like just like let it simmer. Like go hide somewhere for a while in the Riviera or something, you know. But nope. That is that is part of my question. Is that now now that her views are known, like if she puts out a new book, and and you know it's good or whatever, it probably won't be. But it's (laughs) if it's good, and uh, 
are you, are you supporting by by participating and buying the book? Are you somehow supporting that artist now that you know the context of, of what they that what you made is? And that's that's my question. I'll get off and let you. Okay, so so ah. I would just I would just say. Like, I think there are a couple things going on with that question, and one of them is about, like, you know, in general, it could be anything, right? Like, it could, uh, you know, should we think of, like, consumer choices as an important, like, political vehicle? And I'm pretty down on that, right? Like, I know that's, like, a pretty common idea in progressive circles, but it's, it's never one that's made a lot of sense to me. For a variety of reasons, if anybody's curious about this, I wrote an article for Jacobin like a year or two ago called, uh, I think like a year ago, called uh, Voting With Your Dollars is an Anti-Democratic Illusion. And, uh, and and I just think also, like, I don't, I mean, whatever. I think it's fine. I, I think that, like, you can, you know, I think, you know, I think J.K. Rowling is somebody who wrote, I mean, I don't think it's great literature or anything, but, like, you know, fun, immersive books, and if she did another one, then, like, whatever. I don't I don't think that that's, um, you know, I, I mean, I think that if you, I mean, if you don't feel like it because you primarily associate her with her dumbass views now, you know, then, like, right. <laughs> that's fine, but, like, you know, but I also, I also don't see a lot of good coming out of, like, moralizing sort of, like, you know, those kinds of of book buying decisions. Like I, I, I I kind of think that we have enough of that already, but also I guess I I would just say like real quick on JK Rowling before, before throw the code out, uh, that it's like (sighs) taking a step back from all the political and moral questions about that. I just, the biggest thing that like just strikes me about this is that she's such a cautionary tale about like how to approach like social media and interacting with people like as a, um, as like somebody like as like a visible person, because, because like, I get it. Like, I don't get her stupid views, but like, I get, (laughs) you know, totally. Yeah. I, I, I get the impulse to like, fight with people all the time because like you think that they're like demonizing you unfairly or whatever like that they like that's i think anybody who like has a twitter account that more than 10 people have noticed the existence of can like understand that on some level you know that like you know you see you see people talking shit about you like you have some impulse to be like oh i need to i need to log in and correct the record you know (laughs) and and it's it's and like I know I struggled with that, like, but like, I just, it's just like, what do you, like, I can't imagine, I mean, maybe she does, right? I can't imagine that she's like, can look back on this now and be like, you know what? I sure am glad that when people started getting mad at me about these statements, that like, I spent hours and hours and hours responding to them and getting angrier yeah. and angrier about it, you know, like that yeah, great use of everyone's time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like there really is like, it's just a context where there's just so much to be said for like, you know, just, I mean, whatever this is, and I'm not even saying I always practice what I preach here or whatever, but like, just like, just let, just fucking let it go. You know, like if, if somebody <laughs> like, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, I mean, if if you're J.K. Rowling and, and like, there's probably somebody with like 20 followers on Twitter who's like mad at you because you said some stupid shit about gender, then like, 
you know, you don't actually have to respond to them. Like you could just, you know, you you yeah, could just. It's not. It's not the law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no. There's no. There's no law that compels you to respond. I mean, just like there's no law that compels you to have a reaction. You know, like it's not. It's not a requirement. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. to no, 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 no. That's exactly it, right? I mean, I, I actually saw. I'll let this crack me up after the. Um, you know, Oscar, you know, Slapgate, you know, I, my, I think my, own, I think my, my official favorite response at this point is from somebody who posted this passage for the meditations of Marcus Aurelius about how, um, you know, events themselves have no power to extract a verdict from you. You are under no obligation to disturb your peace of mind. You know, right, <laughs> right, yeah. You know, like, and it's like, yeah, no, that's 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 a it's a, a good point. You know, Marcus Aurelius, like, you can, in fact, uh, you know, you are, you know, like, you are allowed to just like see, like, uh, you know like one millionaire slapping another over yeah, like, like a personal huh. altercation and just be like, Oh, that's a thing that happened. All right. Yeah, crazy. All right. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> What's next. No, I, uh, summer soul one. Great. You know, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So I, I it, it's astounding what rich people do with their time. <laughs> that, that, that's how I'm going to start that because I, I think when people and, and again talking about like you know, closed circles and people having smaller and smaller groups and stuff like that can you imagine what it is when you're like not just a successful author but a successful franchise author that has had movies that are like internationally beloved around the world how small must that group be right? <laughs> and, and, and of which everyone thinks that what you have to say is important you know right. so I can, I guess I can see where she just decided to double down on Dickory, as I said before, and just like continue to go for it. But man, I just, I just hate that like our culture generally trains people to do that. And I just think that that's so rotten. And, and there's a lot, I mean, I have, I have views that like, sometimes I'll see like this leftist orthodoxy come out and I'm like, I don't agree with that. Sure. But you know what? I don't pen a think piece about it. I just move the fuck on. Sorry, I didn't mean to curse. No, anyway. no, no. I mean, you, you, you <laughs> could, you know, you could do that here. That's, uh, uh, but, 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 but yeah. it's not required for me to have a reaction to that. Like, I, like in some cases, like I'm not qualified to answer on this. You know, there's other things sure. I'd rather look at. You know, great. No, I, I think that's right. I mean, and look, I think it's fine. I mean, like, look, I will sometimes, you know, pet a thick piece about it, but also, well, yeah, you're a writer, right? Like, I retired know, from writing, so I mean, you know, so, whatever. so. But also, like, I, you know, you don't, I mean, I guess, like, what, I guess the the move that bothers me here is not just, like, you see something, you disagree with it, you say something about it, and it's the, like, it, obviously, case by case, whatever, but it is often possible and advisable to just stop at that step, and like you know, and and just and just be like, all right, you know, I I I put in my two cents, and uh, and then like next week I'll you know I'll write about the the next thing, right? Like I don't I don't right, need exactly. to, you know, I, I I don't I don't actually need to like get into this rabbit hole where like I, I I seek out all the people who are mad because I said the first thing and like I you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 exactly you, you you go down your hit list of all the uh, things that you, well these are the people that have wrong opinions on the internet let me get at them <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 no exactly like yeah, be here all day <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean so many people are wrong about so many things like there's just yes. like it's it's just not uh, it's who just has not, the time 
Yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> Sounds <like> exhausting. <laughs> exactly. All right, Donald. Oh, I, I, I will say one, one option, uh, one thing I want to mention as far as, you know, affecting the art. I don't know. I was never a huge Harry Potter fan. I liked it. I didn't love sure. it. Uh, I will say that personal behavior usually bothers me more than like political views. Hers are pretty nasty, frankly. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's pretty hard to defend. But like when Thurston Moore cheated on Kim Gordon and then mm-hmm. Sonic Youth in the most predictable middle aged way possible, <laughs> uh, it, it one of my favorite bands was very difficult for me to listen to for the longest time, uh, just because I was like, man, why you got to do that, Thurston? And, and that's just a me thing. I wouldn't expect anyone else to like agree or understand that. But, like, it took me years to be able to listen to Sonic Youth again. Just because I was like, what a jerk. Like, why did he do that? And I usually am not even bothered by that. Like, hey, personal business. I don't care. I don't know what's going on in that marriage. I don't want to know what's going on in that. But that was just like, I mean, they were like the, you know, like one of the Gen X power couples. And to be like, to have it in that way, like, just so, like, predictably, it was just like, ugh. And, you know, that wasn't even like, you know, no, nobody called anyone... <laughs> nobody attacked trans people anything along those lines but it did affect my enjoyment of the music so there are times that like if someone really like gets on a high horse and starts rattling on then i'm like all right i I, i'm i'm done with that for a bit but it depends i still listen to james brown he was a wife beater yeah (laughs) i I just want to i'm saying i think that's it's it's not a moral like question really like i think that it's just like it's just you know, whatever you, you know, I, I don't think anybody has any obligation to either continue to enjoy something that you now associate right. with something that you find repugnant so you can't enjoy or to stop enjoying it if the association doesn't happen to bother you in some given case. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally get that. I mean, actually, a question, that, oh, an example that I've often wondered about, I haven't actually tested this, um, right. you know, is, um, you know, what of a movie that I, you know... I love, uh, I always loved was uh, American Beauty. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, American Beauty is great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I am super curious, like, what it would feel like to watch it now. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, just like, have you ever seen any of the movies like Weinstein would show up as like a cameo or something? Like, <laughs> where it's like, oh, that hit's different now, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, oh, or a really fun one is uh, just to uh, just to go to like one of the dumbest things I ever enjoyed, uh, you know the um, in uh, in Entourage uh, the right. they had this <laughs> yeah. very thinly disguised Harvey Weinstein character who was a punchline. Yeah, he that's would, right. Uh, yeah, he would scream <laughs> at people and you know all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. hasn't aged that well. No. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So, so, so. But the, like, um, to yeah, to kind of briefly speak to that point, though. Like, it, it, there are things that, like, in retrospect, it, it it does shade your enjoyment of it. So, where's that break point of like, you know, James Brown is an all timer for me. Like, I don't care yeah. that like he was kind of as, as a dude, he kind of sucked a lot of the times, right? Um, that that doesn't bother me, you know. Like, it, I don't know. Like, the, how how good does the art have to be before you do that? Well, I don't know. Like, you know. Ted Nugent fooling around with, like, young girls. Like, that bothers the hell out of me. But then I'm like, oh, but David Bowie did the same thing. Well, okay, but, <laughs> hmm, I don't know. And, that, and that's, everyone's got to ask themselves if that's, if that's what's important. But if you're going to sit here and insist that an artist has to align 100% with your values, they're going to be stuck with, like, listening to like Jackson Brown or something. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, exactly. I think, I think life's too short for that. I also think that, like, you know, 
I think that there are quest, there are spheres of life where it's worth taking the time to try to make sure that you're applying consistent standards. I'm not sure like what your aesthetic reaction is to strangers is one of those, right? You know, that like right. whether whether you know like which of the people that you'll never meet or interact with in any meaningful way, like you're bothered by their very small transgressions or large transgressions, and you know, and which you aren't. I think if I think if there's a context where it's like you know, not a big problem to be a little inconsistent. That might be the one, but, um, Danny, uh, Donald, uh, what's, uh, what's on your mind? Are you with us, Donald? Donald fell asleep. Oh no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, here <Whoa>. he is. <laughs> Am I here? Yes. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to mention this. I had another thing I was going to ask you guys to talk about. But now I just want to reminisce nostalgically. I saw Jane Brown in a 200-seat club in the basement of a club at uh, Syracuse University. The last Hell week yeah. of the club, the manager took out all stops. Uh, Adrian Ballou, uh, John Cale. I mean, he pulled out all the stops. It was a great week. And Jane Brown in a small club, you know, that was great. Also, Sonic Youth living in New York City in the early 90s. Played Roseland Ballroom, and there was, you know, of course, you know, people that were stage diving, you know, surf, surfing and all that. And she just stepped back, crossed her arms, and she was not amused. She was just bored. The, the other rest of the band was kind of into it. Yeah. And as far as the guy who didn't want to listen to Sonic Youth, don't think that Thurston Moore didn't just like rake him over the coals, like literally. She could probably beat him up. So I wouldn't worry oh, too much. Oh, sure, about sure. Her. <laughs> I read her book too. Kim Gordon's book is quite good, and uh, yeah, she she doesn't come across as a passive entity. Let's put it that way. Hell no. And uh, but anyway, to the point I was going to make before, whether it's feminism or the gay uh, rights uh, activism, humor, humor, humor. You know, feminist. And I consider myself a feminist all the way. Yeah, absolutely. But there was a sense of they're a little too serious, and maybe that they didn't laugh at themselves or at the world enough. And just art and politics in general. You know, it, it goes without saying. I was involved in the anti-apartheid thing up at SU. And I said, I don't think they needed my advice. A lot of art school people that were involved for VPA, a really great art school. And I said, we have to do it with music, with a smile on our face and a song in our hearts, no matter how bad the issue is. If we don't come across that way, they're not going to listen to us, you know. Not to say it wasn't serious. We had vigils. We understood, obviously, apartheid serious, but... You know, if you don't do things with art and music and song like that, if you don't involve art in politics, whether the art itself is political or not, you're just not going to get people's attention. And that's why movies can be so influential as opposed to politicians. And even looking at somebody like uh, comedians in general, it's like, oh, the gay community. Yeah, they laughed when you when they even the term gay, it was an epithet. And they said, oh, yeah, well, we'll just yeah. laugh with it. And I think that, not to oversimplify, but that was a huge factor in, hey, you know what? These are just regular people, and they can laugh at themselves, and they can laugh at their, 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 their you know, who they are. And that's why this whole thing with, with Will Smith and all that, it's just so crazy. By the way, I'll end with this. Will Smith is the guy who had a block-long bus, and then, like, another one after that. You could literally not see across the street. It was, like, two stories high when he was doing, a, I think, a play or something in New York City or something, or a gig that was going to be ongoing for a while. They made him move it. It took up a whole block. It had a full gym. I mean, that's who this guy is. I mean, <laughs> right, right. You know, and it's like, Chris Rock is so not that, you know, he is so real. And so we can't separate it anymore. Well, once you're at that level, 
you all get to be, you know, equal time. It's like, no, I, I disagree with that entirely. And anyway, there's my comment. All right, fair enough. Let's uh, let's get because I I just want to make sure we get um, Dade uh, before um, uh, before we go. Maybe before Dick is on a twenty minute ride for something totally different. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so let's let's grab Dade and then respond to both. But thank you so much for the call, Donald. Thanks, Donald. Yep. Thank you. All right, Dade. What's on your mind? Guys, what's up? Donald, you're a legend, man. Um, just wanted to say I had a question for you guys, kind of piggybacked off of what he was talking about. And uh, my question, you know, I think I I see it the same way as you guys in terms of I separate the artist personally from the art itself, and that just kind of frees you to, you know, explore and enjoy art more so. My question is more so about how politics and art relate today. The thing that I feel is that, like, you'll see a lot of artists, musicians and stuff, when they want to get political... You know, or J.K. Rowling, for example, what does she do? You know, she makes an explicit statement. She goes on Twitter. She says something. And I just feel like these days what you don't see and what you used to see a lot more of back in the day before social media is people, artists put in their political messages in their art. Mm -hmm. we, we have such a commercialized art landscape that it's like, you know, we don't even, our, our major artists are barely artists. What do they produce? It's like commercial stuff that doesn't even have a message most of the time and then the things that they really believe they have to put that in a tweet so my that's how i kind of <laughs> see it my frustration yeah. whenever anytime i hear a musician want to tell me their political views i'm like so turned off by it because i'm like you know if you're an artist if you're a musician like move me in a song with this yeah. you know but uh, that's what show, I wanted to show say. Show me. Show me. Don't tell me. Yeah, that's man. How exactly. I characterize it. And yeah. Donald, man, I feel like Donald's is a, you know, or whenever I talk to, no disrespect, whenever I talk to like some old heads and I kind of get a vibe of how it used to be back in the day, I, I, have a, I have a feeling that it was just a little bit more the medium of, mu of art was where people put their message. And I just wanted to have you guys talk about that a little bit in terms of. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, like I talked about idols earlier. Like I, I, I don't know them. They're like one step away from me. But like you know, being actively going out and touring and stuff and making records and all the things. Like you see a wide swath of bands, and there's a bunch of folks that are really interestingly uh, political with their music. But chances are you're not going to see it because it's all content now. Everything has been. I mean, talk about commodification of dissent, right? Like everything is commodified. Like even like. The rebellion against the commodification of dissent has in and of itself been commodified. <laughs> like, there used to be a great um, Bill Hicks bit about, uh, you know, like, you know, if, if anybody out there in the audience is oh, I don't know what in marketing about. and advertising, yeah. you know, do, do us all a favor, kill yourself. Right. And then it's like, no, no, there's, there's no joke. I, you know, I mean that. And then he goes into this whole thing about there being like, you know, oh, no, he's just going for the anti-marketing dollar. That's oh, a very good dollar. Yeah, it's a glass pencil. <laughs> like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, no, the denial dollar. That's really good. Also, and then it, then it like gets to the point where the, you know, it's like, no, I'm not doing any of those things. Why can't you understand that you're just destroying culture and everything I love? Oh, the trap dollar. That's a really good dollar. And, but that's, and as much as I was a comedy bit back in, back then, like, what, 92, 93? Yeah. It's life now, man. Like, that's where it is. Anything you could possibly think of has been turned into content. And so it's, because of that, it's expressed. And I think idols have a way of doing it that's, it's, like, remarkably straightforward. Like, compare a band like Idols with a band like Gang of Four, featuring my buddy Dave Paho and musical collaborator, 
just went on tour with them for the irreplaceable Andy Gill role. We're talking about a band that, you know, 77 to 81 helped change the face of music. If you like bands like Talking Heads, stuff like that, they owe a lot to uh, Gang of Four. Uh, and they were expressly political at a time where that just wasn't happening, where they were talking about um, things along the lines of, you know, history is not made by great men, you know, guns before butter, <laughs> like things like like the, talking about like a, like a foreign incursions and stuff in song that are like super awesome and danceable. And I'm, I'm also amazed that like more people ha- uh, that aren't like record nerds and music heads don't mess with Gang of Four, except for I think uh, I think Run the Jewels sampled something mm. off, of mm-hmm. the, off of there recently. But like, it's pretty astounding to me that like that seems like a no brainer for like leftists to pick up on for Gang of Four. They're out and playing right now, but even then, it doesn't like fit the model of what is or isn't allowed. And and I think um, I think Dade hit something really important. Where it's like, hey, if you're going to see see someone's like political views these days, they're just going to tweet about it. They're never going to say it in the song. And the, I mean, honestly, if you're at like a major commercial level, the pressure, the soft pressure, not a person in a room, network style, giving you a speech about things, like the soft pressure to just, you know, kind of conform and go along with the program and not get too crazy is, is out there unless you can do it in a way that has like a whole marketing campaign attached to it. And it sucks that, like, even, like, earnestness has been commodified and weaponized. But that's basically where we're at now. And it's, it's you know, I, 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 look, I think about this stuff all the time. Every time, like, you know, we're writing and, and making new music, like, you know, the idea of, like, making more music now is I, I, I come at it from a justify your existence standpoint. And I know a lot of people uh, do as well, that you've got to make something special and something unique. And in his landscape where things are constantly changing and our very connection to other people and how we uh, react to that is, is changing all the time. And that's a lot, man. It's enough to make you just like cower in the corner and say, forget about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you got to move forward. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, I, I mean, I have really mixed feelings in some ways about what data say, because on the one hand, I do think, um, I mean, look, I don't, you know, I certainly don't want to be in the business of, of, you know, doing the equivalent of, you know, shut up and dribble. I want everybody to, uh, uh, you know, like, like I, I, I think that it's like a good thing, you know, for, for people to, you know, to openly express their views and all that stuff. Uh, but I do kind of like, I think there's something very right about it. Like what Dana said. And I think that there's something that's like, even like, like, I mean, I think it even applies to like people who like do, you know, like even people who like do what I do, right? Like we're like the, we're like expressing political opinions is the whole thing, but like, it's mm-hmm. still, there's still something that's like way better about doing it in, uh, in like a 800 word article than, uh, than, than doing it in a fucking tweet. Like, cause if, if nothing else, I mean, it might just be as simple as like, um, okay. I mean, if you're a musician, presumably the thing that you're best at is music. And so, <laughs> oh, that's a wild leap in logic, Ben. <laughs> you know, so like, I, I kind of, you know, if you have something to say, I mean, there is something that's good about like saying it in the, in the form that's going to be the best. Right. And for most people, I guess there's some exceptions. I, 
I don't know, maybe like Alice from Twe- from Queens, if you follow her on Twitter. But like, if the uh, for, for most people, tweeting is not going to be the thing that they're best at, right? You know that like, uh, if anything, it's going to bring out like the absolute worst and and most like. Uh, you know, it's it's just not going to be the best expression of whatever they're trying to express. At the very at best, it's going to be like a pretty superficial expression of it. And it's also like I don't know. I mean, like you were talking about American Psycho earlier, and um, and so that made me think about Brady Stanellis, uh, who mm-hmm. oh yeah, is a writer who I like a lot. Like I think that you know, like I think um, less than zero. Um, the uh, American Psycho, obviously, uh, Lunar Park. Like, I like those books a lot. Um, the, the Informers, uh, or certainly did when I read all of them. But, like, you know, I also think that, like, it, I mean, I don't want to be too harsh about this because, like, I've, I've, you know, fought about the guy in all sorts of ways, but, like, I also kind of think it would be better if, like, nobody had ever introduced him to, like, Twitter or podcasts. <laughs> man and John Cleese, too. Can we just say that, like, man, somebody take John Cleese's phone away, please. <laughs> Let's do everybody a favor here. Like, you know, like, I want to remember why I liked you, not hear you opine about the subject of the day, my dude. Seriously. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And it's like, but, like, to Dave's point, right? Because, like, when Brady Stadellis is doing social commentary in novels which is like all those novels are practically right you know then, right. Uh, yeah yeah exactly in their way yeah yeah exactly in their way right like and when he's doing it in that way it's great um when he's doing it by like you know just just giving his 280 character blasts of opinion or uh or or like just opining in podcast commentaries eh, you know i find that a lot less compelling yeah, and it's a fine line, right? Because there are some people that I'll listen to them talk about almost any subject because I just think that they're interesting folks. And what they have to say, even if I don't agree with it, I'm going to be like, oh, that's interesting. That's cool, right? And, and more often than not, these folks tend to be people whose worldviews I enjoy, but not always. Uh, but sometimes it's like, mm, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. This isn't for you. <laughs> and, and they're like, who am I to say that? I'm like, well, I'm Conan Neutron, who is a guy who's on a lot of shows. And I can tell you right now that being an interesting person doesn't make you an interesting guest. And then sometimes people just say whatever's on their mind. And guess what? That's on the world now and you can't take it back. And if that thought was half formed, maybe it should have waited until it was fully formed to come out. You know, maybe there's a reason why you like write and why you like grind on stuff for a long time and get the phrases exactly the way you want it. You know? No, exactly. Which is, you know, I mean, Whatever. I mean, I... The majority I, of you, not you particularly. No, 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 no. I, I, I get it, right? <laughs> Although, look, I mean, I, I do... Uh, you know, I... In a typical month, you know, I, I go on about two million podcasts and I say all kinds of half-baked shit and, uh, and, and I tweet and all that and I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to stop doing any of those things, but uh, is that the expression of what I think about anything I'm happiest with? Right, like, or, yeah. or, 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 is it the stuff that, like, I actually, like, at the very least, like articles, never buy books, right? Where, where I actually have time to, like, you know, form a thought and think about how I want to say it, and like, and and say it in in the way wow. that I'm probably going to be much better at doing that, like, 
you know, and I'm not, and I'm not even saying again, like, oh, you know, henceforth, you know, this, this, this is the last, uh, you know, this last podcast episode yeah. you listen to for me, right? But like, <laughs> it's I, over. Yeah, it's <laughs> over, right? It's 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 clearly not right. But like, also, it is stuff. It is something I think about because it's like, well, I do want to arrange my life to give myself more time to do the stuff that's going to be better, right? You know, like that's, sure. you know, and and I. And again, yeah, and I think there are a lot of people who, you know, it might just be better if uh, if they only did, you know. The, you know well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Some so, some people, so so uh, conversely, right? There's some people that are so ephemerally brilliant or hilarious or funny or quick witted that you're like, oh yeah, they're on that show. I'll I'll check that out. That's good. I know that's going to be great. Doesn't matter what's being discussed. And some people like you know you want a more considered reaction. You want more considered output. And. You know, I, I wrestle with that too. Like, I, you know, like what are, the, what are the two shows I'm on? Well, Protonic Reversal is a one-on-one interview show, so ideally, there's not a lot of me talking. But part of it's engagement, part of it's knowing how to have a conversation, but guide the conversation so everything sounds very, um, you know, ephemeral and, and very uh, off the cuff. But have it be in such a way that goes in very deep places because you have a comfort level with the person that you're talking to that they know they're talking to someone that knows what's going on. Whereas with moving extravaganza, like half the time, it's like I'm just doing like some 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 quick hit for like an observation or something, and just like throwing in like a funny interjection or something along those lines, you know, which is something more akin to like a sketch comedy than anything else. But it's they're both very valuable things that provide different value for the show for as a larger, all-encompassing thing. Whereas you're talking about a lot of times, the problem I have with a lot of political podcasts is they think that if you just have the people on that are the good guests, then like the magic will happen. And that isn't right. quite true. Right. And much in the same yep. way that like, w- look, I adore Bernie. I, the, the you know, canvas for sure, him sure. on the ground in Iowa multiple times, like love him. But like he's, his whole thing of like, well, just talk about the policy. We'll just talk about the policy. And like, sure. But sometimes people won't hear the policy unless you kind of like, you know, put the pill in with the, the, the cheese around the pill or whatever to, to give to the dog. And, 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 like, that's just the way folks are. And we can sit here and, like, be mad about it or we can deal with it. And like, so that's why it's so interesting to see someone like the younger crew, like, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, and so on, that are finding ways to frame arguments <clears throat> that uh, people can get wrap their heads around. They're doing it in such a way that's, like, stylish and cool, right? Whereas Bernie's whole thing is, like, he's not stylish. He's not cool. He's Bernie. He's right. He's been the same well, dude for forever. Talk. He was lecturing mall goths on his public access TV show. <laughs> you know, so I mean, <laughs> like, that dude's, that dude is, like, the, the OG for real guy, but that's, he, like, that's him, and that's how he does it. So to have well, other people that well, are, like... Did, I, I mean, be fair, I mean, the second time he ran for president, uh, like, if you if you look at the pictures from the beginning of that campaign versus any picture from 2016, it is clear that somebody on his staff bought him a comb in the uh, <laughs> intervening yeah, yeah, four exactly. years. Exactly. That was, that was the one change-up. Yeah, yeah. But but on the real, like, the, the, the point of it is that, is that, like, if you're trying to get... So if you're trying to get something out, if you're trying to get out a message, mm. you it's it, just having the message isn't enough, right? Even if you have an audience, just having the message isn't enough. And that's one of the reasons, like, hey, if uh, Van Morrison or Eric Clapton's anti-lockdown songs were total bangers, okay, then we would have a different conversation. I mean, you just know they're not. Like, how could they possibly be? <laughs> they're not. They're terrible. I've listened to both of them. Like, you know, let me give this a try. I'm like, trash. This is bad. 
you know, and, and, and like, I'm saying that as, as someone that, like, you know, they, they both have, like, some songs that I like. I'm not going to, like, go to war about it or anything. But if it goes on at a jukebox at a bar, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, all right, you know. Brown Eyed Girl or uh, Creams. Creams good. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I love Cream. Uh, but yes, I'm sure the anti-lockdown song is, is garbage. <laughs> you knew it was like, trash, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean just because it's just because it's like such a, um, like okay, like like regardless of the actual politics of the thing, like just it's it's like the difference between um, like something like. Uh, like Black Sabbath War Pigs is like a fantastic, you know, song, but like if you had did I don't know, I mean if if Ozzy tomorrow came to and decided that he wanted to do a song that was like about how the United States should have uh played a more active role in negotiations to try and stop escalation in Ukraine. That song would be garbage. Right? I mean, like, that's like, right. I, I, I would agree with his point, but the song would be garbage, you know, because like, it's, because yeah. like, if, because like, if you're just like getting, if you're not like, you know, if it's not like, okay, there's stuff that's going on that like, you know, you sort of like have this response to that's like on a higher level of generality and like people can enjoy for decades or whatever. That's one thing. But like, if you're just like directly getting mad about shit in the news, like that's not going to be, yeah, yeah. you know, that's not going to be a good song, you know? So, uh, I, I think that like, I, I'm not worried about that one. Uh, there's so much more that we could say about every single one of these subjects. And, uh, Ozzy uh, writing a foreign interventionist song sounds like a great comedy bit, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> advocating, advocating for invasion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Right, well, yeah. I mean, I was thinking, I was thinking the opposite, but that'd be good too. That's the yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, like you, I, I could actually almost imagine that as like an SNL sketch. It's just, it's just like Ozzy, like mumbling, like barely yeah. decipherable. Like you know, like we, like, we like, think it's really offensive, but nobody can actually hear what the lyrics are because he mumbles everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although, I, although actually, I think the interesting thing about him is that he's so much more clear when he's singing than when he's talking. Oh, it's, it's. I mean, look, you want to do another hour on Ozzy Osbourne? I'm here, but probably not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's 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 hold off on that a week or so, but uh, <laughs> I might take you up on it. But um, but it is seven, and my wife got home a while ago, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna call it call it quits for uh, for tonight, uh, Mateo. I'm so sorry we didn't get to you. Uh, if you call in next time, we'll make sure you we uh, we get you at the front of the queue. Uh, but uh, gonna stop right there. Uh, uh, Kodad, anything uh, anything coming up that people should check out? Uh, well, I mean it. In an hour, moving extravaganza, uh, American Psycho. That's uh, going to be on YouTube, Twitch, all the normal places. Uh, subscribe to that show. That's the that's the fun movie show that you know gets kind of crazy and irreverent. Uh, I have a new record out: Dangerous Nomenclature, uh, Kona Neutron and the Secret Friends, NeutronFriends.Bandcamp.com, uh, Kona Neutron and the Secret Friends, and all the normal places you find music. Uh, Protonic Reversal, always ProtonicReversal.com, wherever you find your podcast. It's had Lenny Kayon, who was uh, Patti Smith's guitar player, songwriter. Mm. He did those Nuggets compilations, if you're familiar with those. Nice. Um, interesting cat. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all over the internet. I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, all, all the things. You know, come, come find me. I'll, I'll be around. Right, and uh, it's an honor, man. It's good talking to you, buddy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I, yeah, next time I also want to talk a little bit more about that record. But anyway, uh, we forgot all about it until literally right now. So, <laughs> yeah, fair. All right. Well, uh, there will be a next time. So, um, 
And meanwhile, uh, this show will be back on Thursday at the, uh, at the same time. Um, talk to, uh, to everybody then. Thanks again, Conan. Left is better.